In John chapter 14 and verse 27, Jesus made this declaration, and it's more than a a memory verse for us to remember. It's more than just nice words. This is reality. This is a kingdom truth. This is kingdom foundation whereupon we can build our lives on and continue to develop our lives. And Jesus made this statement uh, just prior to uh, having celebrating the Lord's Supper and prior to his crucifixion and his death, his burial on the cross, he made this statement to his disciples. He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And again, the amplified ending of that verse reads like this. It says, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. There's certainly plenty of things going on in life. Just life itself has, a, has a, enough of challenges for us to be agitated, to be disturbed uh, in, in, in our relationships, uh, whether it be in our marriage or our immediate family members or the largest spheres of relationships. It's, it's very easy in the natural to allow ourselves to become agitated and disturbed. There's plenty of things going on in our culture that uh, have a tendency if we just meditate on them and are constantly giving attention to them, we will find ourselves being troubled. We will find our hearts being afraid. But Jesus made this declaration. He said, I'm leaving a peace with you, not like the world gives. So it's completely, it's polar opposite of what the world has to offer. And that's good news. See, the world's source of peace, many times it can, it, it can be a, a promise, it can be a, a, a covenant that's easily broken, it can be uh, medicinal, it can be drugs. They're all promises of peace. And they have a, a, an effect, but it's not a lasting effect. As a matter of fact, some of the residuals of it are not all that pleasant. But nonetheless, the world is constantly trying to bring us to a place where we uh, can experience a peace. And the, the, and, but the deal is, is that Jesus said, I'm giving you a peace that the world can't give you, that the world may be trying to give you, but has not given you. But the peace that I'm giving to you, you're going to find yourself in a place where your heart is no longer troubled. You're no longer having that sense of fear. You're not finding yourself agitated and disturbed. A few chapters later, in chapter 16 of the Gospel of John, Jesus is continuing speaking here, leading up to his crucifixion. And he's again reminding the disciples that, you know, there's going to be some challenging times in, in this life, in this world. You will have tests. You will have trials. There will be tribulations. There'll be turbulence. You know, if you're ever flying in an airplane, you know, you've been flying along, everything's just nice and smooth, and all of a sudden it'll come over the intercom, you know, make sure you're fastening your seatbelts. We're about to, we're approaching turbulence. But they don't tell you that to scare you. I mean, it may f- put fear in you, but that's not the intent. The intent is for you to be prepared. Let's be prepared. Yes, there's going to be some turbulence. There's going to be some, some shaking going on. It might feel like the, you know, you're just falling out of the sky for a few moments. But the idea is that they're telling us that to know that it's going to be okay. Just put your seatbelt on. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through it. Well, Jesus has given us a heads up. He said, there's going to be some turbulence. There's going to be some t- there will be some tests and trials. But be of good cheer. 
Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I have overcome it. Not I'm going to, but I have. And again, you find that language throughout scripture. It's the language of faith, calling those things that are not as though they are. And so it's something that you want to develop in your life as well to continue to make those declarations and, and, and calling things the way they are to be called. So with all the issues that are going on in our world, in our culture, it can at times appear to be, uh, feel very, very challenging to be maintaining a disposition of perfect peace. I'm calm, I'm chill, everything's fine, but yet not everything is fine, not everything is going my way. Matter of fact, it feels like most things are not going my way. It feels like most things are going the opposite direction of what I prefer them to go in. But in those very moments such as that, where we need to remind ourselves that Jesus has given me a peace, and it's a peace on the inside, not as the world can give. Yes, there is turbulence. Yes, there are tests and there are trials, but I'm going to be of good cheer. I'm going to be of perfect peace. I'm not going to be agitated and easily disturbed because Jesus has given me a perfect peace. And there's no guilt in life. And there's no fear in death. Jesus is the solid rock. Amen? Praise God. The prophet Isaiah, I quoted him earlier, but in uh, Chapter 26 of the book of Isaiah in verse 3 makes this declaration that I'm going to keep you in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on him. The idea that you're, 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 you're thinking upward, you're thinking about God, you're thinking about the promises of Jesus. Your, your mind is fixed on the promises of God. The challenge many times is, that, and, and where the problem comes in, is that many times people think of peace as being the absence of conflict. And we've been programmed, from a worldly standpoint, we can, we've been programmed like that, you know, when there's wars and so forth, and, uh, you know, the, the, and the peace brokers are out there trying to broker peace, and then they celebrate because some countries came together, and, and some leaders signed a peace treaty, and sometimes they last for a season, sometimes they last for uh, a very short time, but whatever, those are all natural peace-type agreements, and it, it gives us... It, it, develops in us the idea that, well, peace is the absence of conflict. I, I can't have peace while there's conflict. Well, Jesus said, we'll have conflict, we'll have tests, and we have trials, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, and I've spoken these things that in him, that in me, you may have peace. So even in the middle of the conflict that you're in right now, the, the, right in the midst of the pain that you are experiencing in this very moment, in the void in your life, facing the largest mountain you've ever faced, you have every reason in the world from a natural vantage point to be afraid. You can experience peace. You can experience peace as we look to Jesus, the very Prince of Peace. So peace is not the absence of conflict. The peace that Jesus is talking about is the presence of God even in our conflict. The presence of God even in our conflict. The Apostle Paul opened his letter to the church at Ephesus by saying, grace and peace be unto you. Grace and peace be unto you. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, that's not only a bold statement, a bold promise to say that grace and peace to you, but it's also identifying the very source of your peace. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. From God. Everyone say, from God. Say, I have peace. That is from God. And so that's what you want to be uh, thinking on and meditating on and drawing on, on that supernatural peace that comes from God the Father, from God the Father. He's the very source of peace, even in conflict. I know the ideal is, is I just wish this conflict were, would dissipate. I wish we could just re- uh, reconcile. I, I wish all the political stuff would just, uh, I, I wish the tension in that would stop. I wish the tension in relationships would stop. I, 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 I just wish that uh, all this other turmoil that's going on and, and, and the tension and, and the debates and the discussion and you know, talking about politics, talking about COVID-19, talking about racism, talking about our economy, all these hot topics that are, that are on the forefront and, 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 and just multiple opinions and, and ideas of how they should be resolved. All very real issues that, you know, we can't deny any of them that they're not for real. They are for real. But there's a way for we as Christians to approach it. Grace and peace unto you through God and through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to read some verses to you from uh, the book of uh, the First Peter in chapter 3. I'm going to read a few verses, verse 8 through 11. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 11. It says, finally, all of you be of one mind. And the reason he start, begins there by uh, finally, he's, he's talking about relationships and, and coming into a proper posture of power, authority, and submission, love, yielding to one another, whether it be uh, Husbands and wives, whether it be employer, employees, uh, uh, children to their parents, the whole bit. And then finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love us, brothers. I find it interesting that love us, brothers, because sometimes in a family unit, we, we, can be, we can put up a good fight. You can put up a good fight, but at the end of the day, do you love your brother? Yeah, I love my brother. Well, you know, sure, there was, there was no visible evidence of that all day long, but, you know, yeah, we love each other. So love us, brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil, nor reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Everyone say, on the contrary. See, there's another way. On the contrary to the natural way. The opposite of it. On the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Now, notice verse 10 and 11. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. We have entered into a a perpetual covenant of peace through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. But we, as followers of Christ, as having received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are at perfect peace with God. But we also want to be experiencing the peace of God 
in this life that we're living. Jesus said, you know, in this world, you'll have tribulation. I'm telling you these things so that you might have peace. And I'm telling you these things that you'll be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So we have peace with God, but there's also the peace of God that we want to be experiencing here on a, on a horizontal level in our, in our earthly relationships, in our connectedness to the relationships and to the spheres of influence that we are in, and also to be men and women of, of a, a, a peaceful posture so that we can be a, a, the witnesses that we are called to be. So we're, I love the way he phrases it in verse 10. It's a quote from Psalm, uh, the psalmist in Psalm 34. But it says, he who would love life and see good days. Is there anyone in here who says, I really don't want to love life and I don't want to see good days. I just love the turmoil we're in right now in our country, in our nation, in our community. I, I just love all the conflict. I love the shutdowns. I love the threats of more. And I, I, I'm just enjoying, I mean, this has been the year to be in. Or someone in here saying along with me that, you know what, I want to love life and I want to see good days, meaning I want to see better days than what we've seen in 2020. Do I have a witness? Amen. Amen. I want to see better days. I mean, God's been faithful. It, it, it's, it's really been quite an anomaly, but you're thinking about all the, the weird, the crazy things that took place this year and, have, and are still taking place, but yet also to look back and see the faithfulness of God. I mean, we're here. Amen? We're here. We're alive. We're well. And God is good. Amen? So it, it, it's been, a, it been an interesting year, but I, for one, I want to love life. I want to see good days. And then it gives me the, the instructions on how that's going to come about that let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. It was all so basically, to love life and see good days, we're going to restrain our tongues from evil. We're going to turn away from evil. And we're going to do good. And the rest in verse 11, this says, turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So we're restraining our tongue from evil. We're turning away from evil and doing good. And we are seeking peace and pursuing it. Seeking peace and pursuing it. Is that on my to-do list? first thing in the morning? Or do I have other things on my to-do list? And if I get around to it, I might get around to working on reconciliation with so-and-so and with this person and that person and that group and this group. You know, we are responsible to be seeking peace and to pursuing it, the peace of God on our horizontal relationships. And when I talk about seeking peace and pursuing it, I have this little statement, you should always remember this, that the proof of desire... The proof of desire is in pursuit. Pursue peace. The proof of desire is in pursuit. So if we're really desiring it, we will be in pursuit of peace. We'll be in pursuit of it. Seeking it and pursuing it. Well, Pastor Ray, how can I pursue it? Well, you know, what do I, I thought you said Jesus has been made peace unto us. Now you're telling me, well, I need to pursue it. Yeah, he's been made wisdom unto us also, but we need to pursue wisdom. He's been made love unto us, and his love has been deposited into our heart, but we need to develop that love. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness. Peace is a part of the fruit of the Spirit, but we must develop it so it's coming forth from the inside out. 
and I'm pursuing it, and I'm not out there looking for it. Well, where's peace? Where can I find peace? Give me a Bible verse. Give me a promise so I can just, oh, there's peace. Okay, now I have, no. Yes, the Bible is informing me that peace is in my heart. It's a fruit of the Spirit as a result of his love being deposited in my heart. I have the ability to, to pursue peace, to pursue it, to, to develop peace. And then beyond developing it in my heart, knowing that it's going to come from the inside out. Whenever I talk about the fruit of the Spirit, I think of this analogy. So if you heard it before, uh, just bear with, me, bear with me because there's some people that haven't heard it before. But I'm always reminded of uh, when you think of fruit, we think of fruit trees. When the apple appears on the tree, it wasn't attached on the tree like a Christmas ornament. It came from inside the tree. The oranges came from the inside. See, we have this mentality that we're, you know, that we're a, a Christmas tree and we put all these ornaments on it. Oh, I'm going to put some ornaments of peace on this tree and you're going to go to Kmart and, and you're going to buy some peace ornaments and you're going to attach it to your tree of life. You know, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It looks very fake. I know you want people to think your tree is beautiful, but, you know, it's not real. The ornaments are not real. It can even have peace on earth written on it, printed on it, and it's still, it's just another ornament. You can hang it right next to mine. It says Washington football team or something like that. <laughs> I think that's a team. I'm not sure, but <laughs> don't recognize the name. Okay, now you just tell me you just lost your peace. <laughs> Matter of fact, I just lost my peace. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> If, my, if I was going to lose my peace on that, man, I had lost it a long time ago. <laughs> I lost it a long time ago. So thank God we are pursuing peace and it's coming from the inside. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 18, the author is telling us that as much as it depends on you, we're to live at peace. As much as it depends on you, live at peace. So it's dependent upon you as much as it is dependent. Now, there's some people that are uh, classified, you know, the Bible speaks of it, uh, especially in the book of Proverbs, it talks about a foolish person or an angry person. There's some people that are not ready for you to uh, reconcile with, and you need to be wise to that. That don't, doesn't mean you don't give up on it, you don't pray, but the, the timing may not be right. But as much as it depends on you, you want to be pursuing peace, and you want to live at peace with all people with all people so it's your response it's incumbent upon you and it's recognized that it's your responsibility to live at peace say well I would live at peace if they would just agree with me or if they would just listen or if they would just see it my way that type of thing well that's really not what we're talking about we're talking about living at peace and 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 and, and pursuing peace and and learning how to uh, develop that even with what sometimes may feel like an arch enemy just a few tips real quickly here when it comes to uh, uh, pursuing peace. Let's talk about, just for a moment, in, in, in relationships, let's talk about conversation versus debate. There's a big difference between having a conversation and having a debate. A debate is set up for a winner and a loser. Debates usually don't lend themselves to peaceful outcomes. By the very nature of it, you're proving your point and you, you are trying your best and you're hitting all your talking points to persuade the other person to your persuasion. 
That's the whole reason for a debate. We're gonna win someone over to my way. Conversation. Conversation is designed to seek understanding, to seek understanding. A conversation in seeking understanding doesn't mean that it will not have some tension in it. That's very normal for tension to be in a good, healthy conversation. And uh, uh, so don't back off thinking, well, something must be wrong here. So don't be afraid of tension, but a healthy conversation must never be fueled by anger. If you're angry and feeling angry at the moment, it's not a time to have this conversation. Deal with the anger first, then come back to the table. Or if the other person's angry and you're ready, don't allow, don't allow the other person, the other party, to draw you into it, and then the whole thing just continues to escalate. But the conversation needs to happen, it must happen, and so you want to have conversations that are designed for a healthy resolution, for a healthy understanding, a healthy appreciation of one another, respect for one another, and you, the goal is that you have a peaceful outcome. In a conversation, your next sentence is in response to what was just said, not your talking point, not your talking point. It so irritates me when I decide to watch a newscast and the, the reporter will ask a question of, of, of a person and they'll say, that was a good question. Thank you for asking that question. And then they'll go on to their talking point and they won't answer the question. It's designed, they're, they're debating. They're, they're debating and they're simply stating their posture, their position. Well, that doesn't lend to peaceful outcomes. That comes under the category of debate. You're primarily driving your point or your agenda. And that does not lend itself to peaceful outcome. So we wanna to come to a place where we are willing to speak the truth and love. We're willing to be gracious to one another. We're always willing to, uh, to operate and to function and to operate in love toward one another and always think of the other person more highly than, than we do even of ourselves. The other person is a person, is a, is, is a child of God, creation of God, and we need to remind that, that the other person has a, has a heart, has, a, has, a, has feelings, and we can come to a place that we are desiring to love life and to see good days. I'm gonna restrain my tongue from saying things that need not to be said. I'm gonna turn away from it. I'm gonna do good. I'm going to seek peace. I'm gonna pursue it. And that proof of that desire, of my desire, is in the pursuit of peace. Turn with me to Philippians chapter four. I wanna read a few verses and we'll, we'll uh, close with that. Philippians, the fourth chapter. Philippians 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. It's so good to know that the Lord is at hand. That's one of the best... What's the word I'm looking for? It's one of the best ways to discipline ourselves when we are in conflict resolution, when we are seeking peace and pursuing it, Notice here, it's telling us that we're to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men. 
Be gentle to all men. The Lord is at hand. If you are mindful that the Lord is at hand in this conversation, that will guide your conversation in a different direction than you not being mindful of him and just going off in the flesh. Verse 6 then tells us to be anxious for nothing and everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Isn't that powerful? Peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. There's a peace available to us from God, and we have received it through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, as a result of our perpetual covenant of peace. And God said he would never violate that covenant. He would never take that covenant of peace away, covenant of peace away from us. He promised it through Jesus Christ. We have it. He'll never take it away. And it is a peace that surpasses anything that you can even comprehend it's beyond your ability to comprehend in this natural realm. You say, Pastor Ray, you just don't understand the circumstance that I'm in. You don't understand the pain that I'm in. You don't understand the conflict that I'm experiencing. I may not experience exactly what you are experiencing. I've experienced a few things myself in my lifetime, but uh, that doesn't mean I understand yours or can, or can appreciate yours, but I do believe the scripture to be true when the scriptures promise that there's a peace that surpasses anything that you may be experiencing. That in the midst of what you are experiencing, whatever it is, whatever level of discomfort, angst, fear, dread you may be experiencing, there is available to you that will supersede all of it, all of it. And it's called the peace of God, the peace of God. Receive his peace into your heart. Receive it new and fresh. You know how the story ends, right? You enjoyed singing that today. You know how the story ends. What well, hasn't ended yet, but you know how it ends. So until it ends, peace out. <laughs> Amen? It's going to be good. Not only going to be good, it's going to be good right now. Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for your goodness and your mercy, your loving kindness, Father, your mercies that are new towards us each and every morning. It's just, you know, when we stop and just reflect on that and we think about that and allow ourselves to meditate on it, to be always mindful that you are present, Lord, it brings about such a comfort and such a peace to know that we are, first of all, first and foremost, we're not alone. We're not alone. And you have spoken promise after promise after promise that, yes, there will be difficult situations in our lives. There'll be loss. There'll be grief. There'll be hardships. There's wars. There's rumors of wars and just all kinds of stuff going on in this world, in our culture and across the globe. But Lord God, our anchor is on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. We rejoice that there's no guilt in life, that he who the Son sets free is free indeed in Jesus' name, name above all names. If you never, if you have never, ever 
come to a place what we as Christians call receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. We could also use the terminology of receiving Jesus, the Prince of Peace. He really is the Prince of Peace. When you receive Jesus, the forgiver of your sin, you receive the Prince of Peace. Scripture teaches us that we believe in our hearts that Jesus is the Son of God and that he, he died at Calvary's cross and he was buried, but on the third day, God raised him again from the dead. The Bible teaches us that we believe that in our heart and we pray that, we confess that with our mouth. It, it, it's a prayer unto salvation. So let's go ahead and pray that right now. If you're here this morning or you're watching online, you've never, you've never made that commitment, you never turned your life over to God, you never received him as your Prince of Peace. Let's just pray this uh, simple but very profound and life-changing prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I do believe in my heart that he is your son, that he went to the cross, but on the third day, you raised him to newness of life. I believe with all my heart, and I confess with my mouth and accept into my life Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, as Lord of my life. Thank you, Father. There's no guilt in life. There's no more fear in death. I am secure in Christ. In Jesus' name, all the people said amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you for being with us online. We appreciate you tuning in with us and worshiping together with us. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thank all of you for being here today, and we appreciate you. God bless you, and we love you much, and we'll, we'll continue to be in touch. See you next Sunday morning, if not before. God bless.